0: All right, maybe they just wanted you to make an account. They're like, all right, if you make an account. Then... Jeez. Okay, so how's it going, everyone? Uh, welcome back to Spread the Sand. I'm Dylan Thompson. I'm super stoked for the guests that I have on today. I have the captain of the women's national team for the USA, women's beach soccer national team, um, Megan Ward. How's it going?
1: What up? How are you? How are you?
0: I'm very good. Um, posted up, self-quarantined trying to be not going crazy.
1: <laughs> Same definitely has been a struggle but you know gotta stay home stay safe.
0: No doubt so a little intro on Megan everyone um, she played at Ohio Dominican University, it's a D2 institution in Ohio and was a left back number nine and had 69 appearances for the Panthers so, Ohio Dominican University.
1: It was it was great. Um, We when I was there, we were transferring from the NAIA division into D2. So we actually got to mix it up and play as an independent travel around, play D1, D2, D3 schools. So it was a good mix. Um, It was a lot of fun for sure.
0: Awesome. And then on the women's beach soccer side, playing in some pro-am tournaments um, we have in 2017, y'all won. Uh, the North American Sand Soccer Championships with Maryland Beach Soccer and then also played with them in 2018 and got to looks like the championship round and maybe just got knocked off.
1: It was a fun game uh, definitely against Shoreline and um, a couple international players so that was our first taste of I would say what real beach soccer was um, tactical and things like that. So it was a, it was a good tournament for sure that year.
0: Awesome. And then 2018 was also the year that uh, women were playing on the pro fields in the stadium getting, you know, some bleachers in there for the crowds to come by and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. It was a awesome experience being able to have like crowds for our games um and then just kind of the music which is a huge thing for beach soccer so being able to experience that for the first time was it became kind of like addicting I'd say
0: (laughs) no doubt yeah for sure and then uh in 2019 it looks like you kind of switched teams there went to shoreline played for shoreline Um, and then also made it to the finals that year as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that experience? I was there for that tournament. I could tell that it was very intense. The crowds were huge. It was awesome.
1: It was, that year was a ton of fun. Um, I played with Shoreline, which was their team based out of Southern California. Um, So I did not know anyone going into it, um, which was nerve-wracking, but at the same time, when you kind of want to up your game, you kind of put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And I got to play with some amazing, amazing players. Um, and that was, I remember the final and that one was so intense against, and it was against Maryland BSC, um, and we lost by one and it was heartbreaking, but it was such a huge moment for, I think women's beach soccer, especially at that tournament, we had a huge crowd and it was great it was amazing
0: and so that was in june so coming off that loss with a little chip on your shoulder headed to san diego in december for the U.S. Beach soccer championships and tell me how that went
1: um that was so much fun one because it was being able to see a ton of friends from the national team that i had gained um through playing with them um but it was fun rivalry between Shoreline and NorCal. Um, it's always a blast when you go from playing with people to playing against people. Um, and that was a great tournament. I mean, not the greatest of weather, California. I kind of expected, I expected better. But um, still, I mean, I can't complain because it's still better than Ohio. Um, but yeah, that was... <laughs> The final came down to PKs between us and NorCal. And I mean, like, whether it's beach soccer, turf, any game that comes down to PKs is always a nail biter. Um, And we were able to edge that one out. So that was a blast for sure.
0: Yeah. And to kind of paint a picture for everyone listening, um, it was on and off raining that weekend, uh, (laughs) but that definitely did not stop anyone from watching that intense game. And when it came down to PKs, watching how those PKs turned out as well. Um, but no, that was awesome. And I'd imagine you preferred that over potentially snow up in Columbus.
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs> I think I was running around and just like a long sleeve and a pair of shorts because I was like, this is great. This is amazing. I'll take this over snow any day.
0: Awesome. So kind of moving on with your introduction here. Um, captain for the national beach team for the women's side Um, in the Anna qualifiers in El Salvador, you had three appearances there, correct? Yes. And then the first goal for the national team uh, since it had been started that year as well. So you want to talk a little bit about that feeling, maybe El Salvador, that crowd after watching those games, both the men's side and the women's side, like I can't even imagine.
1: It was – An experience that I don't think any of us on the team will ever be able to forget, one, because coming into it, it was, hey, my name's Megan. Nice to meet you at the hotel. We're going to go be on a team together and we're going to kill it. And the crowd was something that you can't really put into words. When we played against El Salvador, first of all, they're the host team and they have some amazing supporters um, so it was a packed house and they aligned it to where we played right before um, their men's team played. So a doubleheader for their men's and women's team, just, you, you can imagine thousands of people just screaming, yelling, you can barely hear the music. Um, so that was, amazing type of they're still
0: bumping tunes that's i think that's funny (laughs) a
1: hundred percent like oh the crowd's gonna get louder let's turn the volume up another 10 notches um but scoring that first goal was something that to this day kind of still gives me butterflies um we were losing to mexico um and kind of just hitting that goal it was one of those Saw it happen, and to be completely honest, it's just kind of like, all right, I'm gonna hit this as hard as I can, we're gonna hope for the best, and all of a sudden, like when it hit that net, that backboard behind it, it was just like slow motion, everyone running towards me um but it was it was an awesome feeling, and to just have that experience with the team in general was extremely exciting
0: for sure, as it should be hundred percent like that's you just started an era, essentially, you and that team just yeah. like coming together i feel like first
1: goals in general are just exciting and like whether you're five years old playing on rec and you (laughs) or one and you get like a donut after the game it's exactly how i felt still at 28
0: 29 years old (laughs) (laughs) for sure no and like you said you all stepped off a plane gave each other a hug and said yeah we got the same jersey on let's let's do something
1: yes exactly that's how we found each other in the airport it was like wait a minute you have a U.S. soccer polo on I have a U.S. soccer polo on (laughs) what position do you play
0: (laughs) that's awesome cool so then from El Salvador and the ANOC games qualifiers y'all headed to Qatar for the actual ANOC games you want to talk a little bit about that I believe that's another three appearances for you there as well
1: Yeah, um, that was, that was exciting because it was a full, I think, beach soccer experience um, for our team. We all flew into California, Southern California for a camp, um, and did two a days with each other and coach Francis. And that was something you're with a team for a week before going to this huge tournament, which was a completely new experience for any of us. Um. So coming off of that, then spending two weeks in Qatar, um, the opening, we were excited because it was a larger scale tournament, more international teams, and then also just all of the other sports in general. Um, So the World Beach Games was kind of like a mini Olympics. So you're getting to know, we actually became really good friends with the U.S. beach handball team Um, when you're all... Staying in the same athlete's village, um, everyone's eating together and things like that, Um, you kind of grow those connections, which was really cool. But playing on that stage as well, um, not only the crowds, the other other sports teams coming out to support you, um, but then again, just that international competition going up against some of the best female players. I mean, we played against England or Great Britain and playing up against Kempson and Molly Clark, you kind of have to take a step back and be like, Holy cow, this is real. This is, this is the real deal. Um, And Qatar was Doha put on just an amazing tournament in general, whether it was facilities, opening ceremonies, um, everything was just spot on and we were extremely extremely thankful for that opportunity.
0: No, no doubt. Did you get to meet the Handball Ninja? We Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: Handball Ninja. So kind of talking a little bit off of that and how you all know each other and that kind of community. Um, I know that we kind of discussed how social media, at least in beach soccer, is huge in terms of forming those relationships and meeting you know, players and not only from the U S but from across the nation, the country, well, I said U S and nation, but like the, uh, (laughs) out of our country across the world.
1: Yeah. You, social media is kind of exciting in the way that you get to stay in touch with people. You've either have watched played or you played against, you met, um, off the field and things like that. Um, so you get to watch, I know I follow again, a couple girls that play for Great Britain, follow a couple uh, players from Brazil. Um, and you just get to see their journey and their training and it creates kind of like a, you are introduced into a beach soccer family, which is extremely extremely fun. Um, and then more on like a smaller scale, I'm, I'm in Columbus. The rest of my team is in California and there's, I don't think a day goes by where something isn't posted on social media or said complimented commented um, that just makes you feel connected to them more than just your names are on the same roster. So it's cool to just be able to stay in touch and see everybody's journey um through instagram tiktok whatever it may be
0: for sure i know that the first year that i played in the north american sand soccer championships i had created that account i was just stoked to be recording the pros play and things like that and i had actually made connections through that account and when i met them in person i felt like it was like at first it was like a starstruck type deal but i quickly found out that they were like no we're just people too just playing the game and just stoked that you're trying to help promote the game type deal. So when I met, I think Tanner, I met David Mundragon that year as well. And they were kind of just like, yeah, man, what's up? What are you doing for the weekend? How's your, how are your games going? And like that to me was kind of just like humbling. Cause it's like, everyone just wants to see this game grow. It's not necessarily like at the level where anyone thinks they're better than anyone else. It's kind of just like, Hey, we love this sport. Let's see it grow.
1: Yeah. And that, I mean, I've definitely had those experiences as well. It's, I couldn't have said it any better. I think everybody that plays this sport, um, whatever level you're on, just you enjoy it so much that you are passionate and you're like, hey, hey, we need to like spread this. We need to grow this. I really want other people to get involved, whether that's playing, whether that's watching. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a humbling experience when you meet people and you're just like, oh, like this is super cool. Everyone is actually really cool nice and wants to just have that common goal of growing it
0: exactly awesome and then a little bit of your life outside of beach soccer you're a graphic designer for bath and body works you want to talk a little bit about that and how that influences you know your everyday life
1: yeah so that is I'm, it's a nine-to-five job monday through friday so it definitely makes training a little difficult outside of the fact that Ohio is not constantly above 60 degrees, Um, (laughs) but (laughs) trying to um, work that nine to five, but then also taking off time from work for these type of events, whether it's El Salvador or Qatar, like it it becomes worrisome um, just because this uh, Designing is my full time job, but I've been extremely lucky to work with a team and work with a company that honestly, they're extremely supportive. They live streamed some of the games in uh, during work to watch them. Um, I remember when I left, I was gone for three weeks for Qatar and my last day in the office, they brought in red, white and blue Krispy Kreme donuts, which was super cool. (laughs) So it's. I know it's not always easy um, for people to take time off, so I am definitely extremely thankful for that job and the people I am with, and they understand how passionate I am about playing.
0: For sure. Nothing but support, sounds like, which is awesome. Yes, 100%. Cool. So kind of rolling off of that, uh, kind of wanted to talk a little bit about why Beach Soccer for you. What, what was your draw? starting from when you first played up until now?
1: So (laughs) fun fact, when I first played, I actually hated it. It was (laughs) not, you go into the sport like that you've played for 24, 25 years. And you're like, oh, well this shouldn't be that bad. Like, okay. And I remember my first time playing beach soccer was yeah, down in Virginia beach. And I was miserable. It was nothing like I expected, um, but that kind of, that curveball was something that I later was like, wait a minute, this is a new challenge. I've played this game for 20 plus years, and now all of a sudden, I can't even make a straight pass, let alone not, like, stub my toe while shooting in the sand. Um, You're telling me time-
0: you didn't appreciate an unpredictable surface? <laughs>
1: Now you, I mean, you learn to appreciate and adapt, but then, oh my gosh, so frustrating. Let alone, you're trying to run in sand and catch your breath, which is almost impossible. Um, but from there, it turned into more of kind of like a new adventure. Um, and this was way before am divisions, women's national team. It just turned into a new kind of, all right, well, I'm living in my glory days of college and I need something else besides co-ed indoor leagues um, and things like that. So why not pick it up? And there is a couple people here in Columbus that also play beach soccer. So it's one of those things that when we have the time we train and slowly it just kind of starts becoming like a new addiction. Like, all right, my flick was this high the last time I tried it. Now let's try to get a flick straight to my thigh or recently it's been trying to throw a bike. So I think with beach and learning how to play, and just coming over, coming over those obstacles of the sand, unpredictability, and things like that, it turns into definitely a new challenge,
0: which is a blast. For sure. And so speaking of Columbus and that little crew that y'all have going on, I don't mean to pun out with (laughs) the crew or anything like that, (laughs) but so Columbus beach soccer club um so when you played with them it was co-ed I know that they have a men's team that they kind of throw in to tournaments sometimes but from the co-ed side you got to play with Ryan Futagaki who most recently played in the men's world cup um and then Jared Dombrowski also who was a United States men's national team player I believe how was that experience being kind of exposed to those players at that time and did it drive you to kind of want to pursue more higher-level play?
1: Um, it definitely did. Um, myself and my best friend, we constantly – her husband plays beach soccer as well, so it's we're constantly watching them and trying to schedule training sessions all together um, so that we can not only learn um, but also just – again continue to figure out the game but playing with them on that type of level that they have been at is amazing it's extremely definitely exciting um you learn a lot um but also they are able to kind of touch on their past experiences with playing at that top level um that again is just kind of more motivation
0: no doubt Sure. I mean, I was just thinking about it too. Like the men's game had been established and then there was like potential on the horizon for the women's game to come out. And you are like, all right, like I guess I'm with the right team to be playing with and getting games under my belt, I would imagine. So that's awesome. Um, so what do you think that beach soccer provides in terms of like a de- developmental standpoint? So for like the youth that are playing beach soccer and then also playing on the grass or, on a futsal court like how do you think beach soccer helps them improve their skills
1: i think the biggest one and i think the one you'll notice the most is just kind of your fitness level your speed your agility um i noticed it right off the bat after coming back and uh, from qatar playing on sand for three weeks i go i play indoor and i'm like holy moly i feel like i'm just like flying right now like, my speed <laughs> is out of this world um so i think first and foremost your speed your agility and your strength after playing beach and experiencing that is definitely going to improve um and then the second thing would just be your touch on the ball um whether that's in the air whether that's on the ground um when playing beach you train yourself to be able to read those little sand divots it's gonna bounce left it's gonna bounce right um and then because beach is also an extremely aerial game your first touch out of the air has to be on point um so being able to take those aspects and bring them onto turf or futsal is it can only make you better there isn't anything about beach that is gonna hinder your game besides maybe wanting to flick it up constantly (laughs) But there's nothing that you work on in beach that's going to decrease your skills um, off the sand, which is the biggest thing I've noticed is your touch is going to get better. It's going to get quicker. Um, And then, yeah, your fitness is just going to completely skyrocket.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And then also, too, I feel like how do you think it teaches players to position themselves on the court and then, you know, maybe... I feel like tracking runs and making runs and providing those pockets of space for your team is huge. Also.
1: That's yeah. Especially, um, because futsal is, I, I would say more similar to beach in the fact that it's a little bit smaller sided. Um, you are constantly, um, figuring out, where to make that run, when to make that run, and then also your body positioning. So a lot of times in beach, you're pushing your back towards the sideline so that you have options to receive from your keeper to either play it back to them, play it across, play it up to your um, target. And that's something that regardless of where you play on the field, whether you're a center mid, whether you're a target, whether you're a left back, just body positioning and as in general is a big thing and that's just something that's reinforced in beach as well
0: for sure and for those of you who are listening that don't know as well um, a solid goalkeeper is going to give you the biggest advantage i feel like in beach soccer in the sense that you can play back to your goalie and they're allowed one pass back to where they can pick it up whereas in normal soccer you wouldn't be able to do that Um, and they also you know the goalkeepers with the best footwork tend to have you know, the best advantage for your team. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that from what you saw in your experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing in beach soccer is how important your keeper is. Um, And how important it is to kind of have that type of relationship. You're on the same page with your keeper, because I think the biggest comparison and the most accurate comparison i read um, in an article one time is with beach soccer the keeper is kind of your quarterback as if you were playing football Um, they can run the plays they call the plays they have the ability to easily score um, and they can really control the tempo of the game and things like that so having a strong keeper having a good relationship with your keeper and things like that are huge um, which is definitely something that beach soccer has compared to other um, levels, whether it's football or futsal or turf.
0: For sure. And then another question I had for you about the why is, do you feel like college soccer prepares you for beach in any way, whether that's you know the mentality you gained or just continuing to play at a higher level, even though it's not on the same surface?
1: I think, um it prepared me in the way that to just always kind of keep that drive and looking to, for what's next. Um, I know going into college is a big step for athletes in general. Um, One, because it is the next level, whether you're high school, whether you're club, um, but also it puts you in that uncomfortable situation as you may meet those people on day one of preseason. Um, You could be, you're the top player at your high school. Well, fun fact, you walk into college and you're in a group of top players. Um, so it's that mentality of, I have to work my butt off in order to get what I want to get those playing minutes and things like that. Um, which going into beach is again, it's kind of, you're opened up to a new challenge, very similar freshman walking into, uh, College. Um, so you have this new challenge and you kind of have to touch back on, okay, all right, I can do this. This is fine. And having that just mentality of it's okay to fail and it's okay to maybe not have a great first touch right on the sand. But if you continue to work on it, you're, I mean, you're only going to go up
0: for sure. Um, So then kind of in our next segment, talking about your experience on the national team and what that looked like. Um, Already kind of talked about how it was a step off the plane. Let's do it experience at the beginning. Um, (laughs) But so playing in the qualifiers and having El Salvador, the host team, you know, the host stadium for one. And then also having a team in that mix as well. Um, You want to talk a little bit about? that feeling um, and then maybe even how you kind of keep up with the rest of your teammates and kind of how you all, you know, stay connected.
1: Yeah. The one thing that I always, people after you come home from tournaments and things like that, people are always like, well, how was it? Like, what, what's it like? And my first answer is always, I love my team. Like I love the group that we have and the potential um, that, we could gain, um, by bringing more players into it. Um, and I think we have been such a strong group just because like, like you mentioned, we hopped off the plane, shook hands, and then immediately we collectively came together and we shared like, Hey, what are you most nervous about? And we were able to kind of put everyone's fears, everyone's strengths and things like that kind of out in the open, um, which you connect with people on a different level when egos are set aside and everyone realizes that, hey, this this is a lot bigger than where I come from. This is a lot bigger than the club team I play for and things like that. And being able to be a part of a group of women that we did that we came together and we're still actually really good. All of us are extremely good friends coming out of that is awesome. And like I said, through social media, and then we of course have our WhatsApp chats um, that were, I think daily talking through and things like that. Um, that's the biggest thing is super proud of my team for how we came together with the idea that this is, a bigger picture than just what we have to offer as individual players.
0: For sure. And so in El Salvador, those were the Anoc game qualifiers. And then Qatar was actually the Anoc games. Do you want to talk a little bit about what the Anoc games are and then kind of like how that's helping promote, you know, look second to third tier sports kind of get into the bigger scene.
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest, I mean, the best example would be beach handball. Um, they came to the world beach games because they are trying to promote beach handball as an Olympic sport. And Hey, this is awesome. They're actually, um, I believe being voted on whether they will be in the 2024 Olympics, which is huge, super excited for them. Um, so the world beach games is, uh, technically an Olympic event, um, but it is for those second tier sports that they want to gain momentum, gain followers, gain audiences and things like that. Um, And watching the men, watching the women, and the amount of support that both sides got was crazy. Um, So it was definitely a step, a huge step um, in the right direction for beach soccer to hopefully become a part of the official big Olympics sometime in the future
0: yeah for sure um in terms of like the anna games and everything like that well first shout out handball ninja if you don't know him i'm sure <laughs> you will eventually uh meet him either social media or not um but yeah no that's awesome for those two scenes as well i think um they're both sports are headed in the right direction and i think like just reiterating what you're saying like just allowing people to see what the sport offers as more than just a A weekend activity maybe or a summer vacation um it can be a growing sport it should be and i think we're moving in the right direction for sure um i think that i think the draw we get for either non-soccer players or people who just play soccer casually is that you get to play music while you're watching this happen so the music aspect is huge and then you get to bump (laughs) tunes but then also watch insane athleticism um so that's great um and then our final segment Just talking about the future of beach soccer, um, the future of the national team and kind of, you know, how we can push forward in the United States, at least. I know a lot of other countries are promoting the game um, at the higher level. You know, there's professional organizations that are signing players with contracts and, you know, are funding their teams and players are able to make a career out of it. Um, So maybe how what the future looks like. uh, We can start with the youth, you know, what that looks like for the youth.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, with any type of sport, um, the youth programs, the youth tournaments and things like that really set the foundation Um, and using Virginia beach as an example, I, you wouldn't have all of the exciting lights, the music, the stands for the pro um, fields. If you didn't have the 40 other fields that have ages i think like 10 to 16 to 18 playing on them um so promoting beach soccer to those younger ages like you said more is like hey yeah this is fun to play in the summer but you can continue and it has some longevity to it um and then also i think um, two of my teammates lauren and bethany they held um youth camps out in california um just weekend camps for certain ages and they had a ton of success for it with it and being able to do those things and kind of play those role models um for those younger kids is huge and definitely sheds light on the game and the fact that beach soccer one is a blast to play It's so much fun to watch, but also it is a new challenge and you have to work towards it. It's not something that's going to come easy, Um, but promoting the youth game through camps, through kind of showcases and things like that, where some of us older, whether it's pro players, international players, things like that can step in and kind of be the guiding light for those because obviously if a kid looks up to whether it's, Myself, whether it's Nick Pereira, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, they're on the national team. It's huge. Um, and being able to kind of use our platform for that. And then on the international scale, I mean, we have Beach Soccer Worldwide that is always promoting. And it's awesome to see what they do on social media, um, whether it's live streaming games, whether it's the photography they provide, which are always fun to go through. Um There's a lot of like game face challenges going around social media right now, which are hilarious, but (laughs) photographs, articles they've written, um, and they've done an amazing job of promoting it as well. So I think it's, it's one of just those things where you, we just kind of have to continue to promote it, spread the sand and see where it goes.
0: Oh, nice plug there. I appreciate that. Um, so (laughs) speaking of the challenges, uh, you're the one who publicly put the challenge of juggling and hitting yourself in the face, but let's all be real. So many people (laughs) have done that, that you're not the only one. Um, so another kind of building off of that, I think I wanted to highlight too, that the, at the U S beach soccer championships in San Diego, there was a women's team. I think they were of the younger age range, um, but they were playing against the Bahamas national team. They're playing against you all as shoreline and, um, You know, I think Hampton Roads was there as well from Virginia. They had made the hike. So I think them showing that they can hold their own and showing, you know, a younger age group and being able to play like that provides a bright future for beach soccer. And I mean, we already know how dominant the United States is for women's soccer in general. So if we're able to provide that on a larger scale for beach soccer, that would only be good things for the game for sure.
1: Oh, be huge. Um, During that tournament, NorCal actually broke up and had half of the team with, I think it was a high school age bracket um, that we had combined with on the women's side and NorCal kind of mixed up teams. Um, So just that type of experience in general for those younger players, like I said, is huge. Like they love it. They want to learn. And when you bring in pro players, they're going to look at them wide-eyed and just, like, in awe. Um, So, yeah, and then also being able to play against Bahamas national team, that's something, again, as a high schooler, can only go up from there.
0: Like, as we know, youth are very impressionable, um, especially as they're growing up. So what what I would do for one of my tournaments in Virginia is I would take my little brother's team and we would go watch the pros together. Um, I coached Mm -hmm. this team and then we kind of took them as a crowd to go watch the pros play. And it was the year that Barcelona was playing in the stadium. It was was the first year that they were introduced and everyone was watching Mm -hmm. as the ball almost never touched the ground. And everyone was like, this is insane. Um, Immediately after that, the entire team was going to try to do bikes and flick the ball up and (laughs) try to kick the ball behind their backs. And so I think that's what this game provides. And like you mentioned, that's what, professional players even just adults who are playing in these pro-am tournaments can provide for these um you know children up until teens to you know as they're getting ready for the college career like if this is something they want to pursue it's it's obtainable and they just need to work at it but also you are it's just such great role models for them in the sense that um you know let's get this beach game going see what we can do with it
1: yeah absolutely and i think i mean even for i remember that uh Barcelona team playing in the stadium and everything. And I I was not younger and I had just started beach soccer and even I was in awe like holy cow, I have a lot more to work on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think well we can round this off with how you feel the national team on the women's side or the men's side are doing. Um and then how you kind of envision this team grinding it out moving forward and you know what can you know keep these teams going.
1: Yeah, for us on the women's side, it's huge for us to be able to bring in um, new players, um, new groups and things like that, not only from a competition standpoint, because, I mean, there's nothing that provides better motivation than someone that wants your spot. So being able to hold camps, Um, and send out invites for other beach players to come join um, is just another huge step for us to grow the game for the women. Um, Unfortunately, we were supposed to have a big, probably about three, four-day camp a couple weeks ago. um, But due to everything that's been happening right now, best decision was to cancel that. Um, But in the future, we are going to be having more camps, more people coming in um to build that player pool because it's it's always a blast to see new faces new talent um and things like that and be able to network and grow those relationships outside of that core team that inaugural team i guess i should say um and then just we've always been super supportive of Uh, the men's team, um, they wished us, they sent us a video of them wishing us luck when we were in Qatar, which was awesome. So we have a pretty good relationship with them and watching them play in El Salvador, watching them in the World Cup recently um, was exciting. And just, again, we look at them as kind of, okay, that's what we want. We want to be able to have multiple camps participate in multiple um, events and tournaments and things like that. So uh, we, I mean, we look up to the men's team for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, like you said, I think the more opportunities that, you know, big organizations have to create these tournaments more frequently um, I'm going to, you know, call out Fox sports and ESPN. If y'all are not that they're listening, but <laughs> if they would, <laughs> put, if they would, allow more opportunities for the nation, the world to view B soccer as a sport and how intense and fun it can be, that's going to obviously progress the sport and grow the audience that you keep mentioning as well. That, you know, that's only going to help the sport grow. And that's only going to help, you know, professional athletes kind of continue to do what they enjoy doing um, and maybe even prevent them from having to have a side hustle. (laughs) They can play. (laughs) they can play without having to fall back on anything so um but yeah no i i i want to appreciate i appreciate you coming on and thank you a lot for taking the time to do this with me um this is awesome and i think we've already touched on a lot of things in terms of how we can progress the game um how dope the women's national team is and you know what else we can do to kind of keep pushing forward with this beach soccer
1: Yes, a hundred percent. Spread the sand, get outside, juggle, but remember social distancing. <laughs> and wherever you can find your just find your beach, find your sand, and just keep at it is the biggest and thing. your
0: sand is in an abandoned bar that has a sand court.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a abandoned bar sand volleyball court that they took the net down so we don't have a net to worry about but there are two poles that we like to use as defenders sometimes um but you know you just gotta deal with what you have
0: you heard it here (laughs) first there is sand in columbus ohio
1: (laughs) you just gotta find it all
0: right thank you megan and stay healthy everyone
1: thank you